Hello and welcome to Unmuted Unmastered. I'm Will and this is the internet's most hellish music podcast. On the show this week I'm joined by James. Hello. And Elle. Hiya. In this episode we're going to be reviewing the new album by Jeff Rosenstock. We've got the upcoming releases you need to know about but first the news. James what have you got for us this week? The Bedroom have recently done a gig and they haven't been paid. Uh, Bedroom have released a crowdfunder for this after non-payment from a festival has left them a risk at being unable to tour later this year. Um, According to them, they've their own 6,500 and I think that's on top of the charges and payments they've made to travel as well. And it hasn't been cheap for them to travel. Um, They say non-payment by promoters for a performance outside of the country. Um, uh, A show which heavily cost us to get to. So a lot of the cost was the travel. Um, And um, in relation to the crowdfunder, they say due to astronomical rises to in touring prices and the unfortunate recent event of us not being paid for a festival, um, which was which we poured all our cash in to get to, um, we have found ourselves at a very unfortunate and desperate situation in f- the form of a crowdfunder. And I also read that they were super excited, obviously, to do this particular festival um, and to tour in general for their new album, which we've already reviewed. Um, they recently, I think it's almost a week uh, from today when we're recording this, they dropped their prices on Bandcamp Friday um, to help support this cause. Um and I've looked at their website recently and basically everything's sold out. So, I mean, they still have CDs and albums. So if you want to support them in that way, then, yeah, do do that. Um, but also they have that crowdfunder to get a bit of extra cash to cover this cost. But, yeah, this obviously shouldn't be happening. Um, it's from the promoter they were in touch with. They They were just not paying them. Um, yeah, it's just such a large amount of money. Of yeah, they should they should be paid this amount of money, and and it it does have the knock on effect of they might not be able to tour later on um in other places just because they don't have the money to now, which is a real shame because there's there's real fans out there who really want to listen to their music, um because their music is great and it's it's one of those bands you really don't want it to happen to. Um, so yeah, it's such a real shame. Yeah, I am one of those people with a ticket to see them later in the year, so I'm hoping that, yeah, all of their merch selling out and stuff, and hopefully people donating to this crowdfunder are going to see them over until they can get back out on the road and hopefully earn some more money, and hopefully this promoter just stops, you know, being terrible. Yeah, as far as I've seen, they haven't named shamed, but you might be able to find it somewhere if you really look hard. I mean, presumably you could figure out which event they played. Yeah. Because I doubt they did many shows in Germany (laughs) and then... I mean, it's just... It's horrendous that this kind of thing 
can still happen to artists like it, I feel like quite often there is this suggestion that you'll get paid an exposure or those kind of things and it's an insult to artists who work incredibly hard and like by Benjamin said like put up a lot of their own money for travel and equipment and things like that to then just not pay them is out of line like that that just shouldn't be the case especially with something like a festival which is clearly organized on a bigger scale and there are lots of moving parts there should therefore be clear financial processes in place to ensure that this doesn't happen and artists aren't left significantly out of pocket it's just it just makes me really angry that this kind of thing still happens and I think especially with the cost of touring being so much those kind of payouts make a massive impact especially for kind of smaller bands that are relying on those funds to help them then tour it's not like they're looking for kind of huge profit margins they're looking for that kind of next paycheck to support you know the next shows they're doing yeah it's crazy it happens it is literally theft they've they've provided a service essentially and they're not getting paid for that service like i feel like if it was something else and they're probably more measures that are put in to help um people affected um but here i don't know how much that is actually to help them out yeah it's just a bad situation overall and hopefully uh they're able to get over this at least if not potentially get some of the money that they're owed Let's move on to our review for this week. We're looking at Hell Mode by Jeff Rosenstock, released on the 1st of September 2023 on Specialist Subject. It's 11 tracks long and 31 minutes. Of the album, Rosenstock says, To me, the album feels like the chaos of being alive right now. We're experiencing all these things at the same time that trigger our senses and emotions that make us feel terrible. We're just feeling way too much all at once. So, what do we think of this album, L? Why don't you kick us off? Yeah, I definitely felt like this album was experiencing a lot of feelings all at once. It felt very chaotic. There's clearly a lot of emotion driving the whole record. And I did like that. I did like that there was kind of this very visceral emotionality to it. Um, and, yeah, there are a couple of songs that I really particularly liked and I thought kind of lyrically they captured a concept really brilliantly um and kind of sonically they they did some really nice things especially with kind of a balance between kind of a more acoustic thing and then certain kind of tempos and sounds building um which I liked but I think overall as a kind of entire album it felt maybe just like on the one hand like a bit too chaotic where I was like I don't quite know what's happening and on the other hand I felt like some songs felt maybe slightly redundant in that I didn't feel that they were offering anything hugely different to a kind of comparatively similar track on the record um there are a lot of kind of recurring themes which I don't I don't mind in an album um I like when there's that kind of recurring theme or overarching theme throughout but there were certain tracks where I was like I don't feel like this is kind of saying anything new and sonically it wasn't doing anything kind of different enough 
for me to kind of get excited about it. Um, but that being said, like the album as a whole, I did still enjoy. Um, it's just not kind of one of my favourites. I think also because we've listened to like such a high calibre of albums for the podcast this year and kind of outside of that as well. Um, I feel like my bar has been set really high <laughs> so I get quite picky about things but yeah there were just kind of certain tracks that I felt didn't quite bring a punch as much as I wanted them to um I did like that there was still this kind of very much like this pop punk this alt rock those kind of sounds which I think were done really really well um distortion is used really really effectively and the, the kind of vocal delivery um there's a lot of kind of just like screaming yelling or that kind of group vocal which works really effectively on some songs but then there were other songs where I was like oh I kind of just want you to do something a little bit different like there are a couple of more acoustic ones and I liked that kind of balance that kind of slight difference which which gave us slightly kind of yeah well just different uh turn to the record um overall the album is very much like it's angry it's chaotic it's full of emotion it's, it's, you know, it's yelling for a reason. Um, so I did like that. I didn't feel like they were just yelling for the sake of it. I was like, no, they're clearly, you know, angry. Um, and that really comes across. It's just, I think sometimes it felt slightly, I don't know if overdone is quite the right word, but just, yeah, just slightly redundant where I was like, I didn't feel like you need this to be another screaming that the world is on fire track. I felt like you could have done something a little bit different on this one. Um, but overall, I did still, you know, enjoy it. James. I actually really loved the album this week. Um, yeah, I, I think like if you don't look too much into the lyrics and barely scratch the surface of of the instruments, um, I think you're still going to have a fantastic time. But I think you, the, the meat of the album really comes out when you put a bit more like analysis into it i guess um i felt like it was really fun like there's a lot of energy um but i felt at the same time it effectively touched on his feelings slash complaints without sounding like childish almost i guess um they felt real and they felt something that you could relate to um I felt like every track uh, had something that you could pull out of it lyrically, but also sonically. There, were all, there was something interesting that I could say about the instruments, like uh, the rhythm, for example. The use of rhythm on this record was fantastic, um, not just by the drums either. Even though the drums were incredible, um, I thought the other instruments really used rhythm really well. Um, I thought that, yeah, if you want that punk sound, then you're going to get it. But there's also the ska elements and the, obviously the pop and the rock as well. And that gave the album, um, it made it invigorating throughout and it didn't really lose any, any energy. It had those, had that downtime with those quieter acoustic songs, but they didn't, for me at least, they didn't really uh, lose momentum. Um, they just kept things going and yeah it's just really it just they didn't last too long I think that was the main thing and the album closes fabulously I really love that last track um, 
and it kind of left me with a good mood so maybe that's why i'm you know thinking that it is great it's like um yeah it's just left me in a good mood so um yeah it's just i had a really fantastic time with the album and i felt like i could listen to many of the tracks over and over again because they're they just they got me excited i guess yeah i love this album um i think jeff has kind of gone from his last album no dream where he kind of uh embodied his move to california from new york in in the sound and went really hard into like californian punk styles and trying to incorporate those into his sound on this one he does it more lyrically i think that for me is a really interesting way for him to go and you know he's been in the punk scene for you know years and years and years i think he's 40 now and so you know there's a big question of kind of where do you go at that point when you don't have the same kind of like stresses and things if you're kind of living happily like where where does kind of that punk energy comes from i think this is a really interesting direction um in terms of what he's doing and i i just really enjoyed the sound i mean we'll get more into him certain places but i feel like he's drawing from like a very different palette than he's done for a long time where he's on no dream he definitely went kind of further afield than he did on um worry and post which i guess for me kind of set the baseline of his sound um but on this one it feels like he's going like way beyond punk in different directions and i really enjoyed that and then it it still has i think all of the things that make me love jeff rosenstock like he he's just got incredible hooks he knows how to like really build energy up when it needs to happen and it it's kind of strange almost how many acoustic tracks and acoustic moments there are on this album for uh for him but i i think it all comes together really well and i enjoyed i was actually not super hot on a few of the singles in the lead up to the album and then hearing them in the context of the record i really loved them so overall this is a a, another great record from jeff rosenstockham for me i want to start with those wider um influences because i feel like he brings in a lot of like 80s rock and kind of indie rock sounds into this one and so if you listen to i want to be wrong it to me it, uh, particularly at the beginning there's a moment where it really has like a hint of tom petty in it and I feel like he's he in other places as well, it has those kinds of artists kind of woven into it where it's not, it's still definitely punk, but it does have a, a bit more of that kind of sound. Um, and there's lots of acoustic guitar on like Graveyard Song and Heel Mode. And then you get tracks like Doubt and Three Summers, that final track, James, that you mentioned, where they sound like um, one of his quite old tracks called teenager which was in on like a double a side or something he put out a while ago um it just has this like really nice kind of indie rock indie punk type energy to it um i really enjoyed how he he does that and i feel like he's 
he's so good at doing that kind of sound when he wants to, and he does it very rarely. Um, but it just works so well. And then obviously there's Liked You Better, which is just so simple in terms of chord progression structure. And it, you know, it, it, you could transplant, you know, musically what he's doing to hundreds of songs over the last 50 years or whatever. But it's, he just does it in an interesting way. And obviously the lyrical themes there kind of elevated as well. I just think overall he's introducing all of these different sounds and it just has more of a kind of classic feel. It's like he's kind of rooting through his record collection and picking out different sounds that he wants to pull from rather than maybe looking more to more modern and more punk orientated and obviously scar orientated stuff that he's done before. I just wanted to pick up because you talked about like you better and about the the kind of simplicity of the chord structure. I also kind of noted on that and I really liked that. I also liked the lyrically it does delve into like quite a I guess like deep topic. That's terrible analysis, but there we go. Um but actually the the kind of lyrical content is relatively stripped back compared to a lot of the other tracks on the album in terms of like the amount of lyrics. There's actually quite a lot of repetition. So even that feels kind of simpler in the sense of comparison to the other tracks. Um, and I really liked that. I felt it kind of then made it it stand out amidst the kind of chaos and, and kind of verbosity of like the other songs. Um, and I enjoyed that. And that's kind of, it was those things that I perhaps wanted more of on the album where there were the, there was kind of more of a, I guess, changing journey throughout. I felt like some of the songs just felt a little bit too samey, whereas things like Likes You Better or where there are a couple other acoustic tracks later in the album, I liked that kind of break where you got this kind of alternative like sound, but actually you're still kind of feeling this kind of anger and this frustration like the, the emotions haven't necessarily changed it's just the way they're manifested um and I enjoyed that I liked the the kind of exploration of feeling that intense frustration but choosing to channel it in these kind of different sonic arrangements um James you also touched on it as well um the final track three summers we both kind of mentioned that it has that kind of more joyful energy to it it's also I think like seven minutes long or something like that. And so it's this kind of huge song to end the album. And I did really, really like that. I felt it ends the album brilliantly because I really didn't know where they were going to go in terms of the end of the album because I felt like they'd been kind of hammering home this this kind of anger um, throughout the whole record. I was like, how are you going to end on this? You've already done the kind of heights of like screaming your frustration out. I don't know where you're going. And then they kind of went completely the other way and they were like, yeah, no, we're still angry, but also have some joy and I was like oh that's actually not what I was expecting but kind of works really really well um and you still get those kind of like the distortion is there the kind of vocals are there it's still in keeping with the whole album but it was that kind of like unique difference that I was like oh god that works so well and I think maybe that's that kind of in a way because it worked so well kind of spun the album for me where I was like oh I wish there were more like twists like that because that was done so brilliantly that maybe that kind of then on re-listens I was like I kind of want more <laughs> I got a bit greedy um but it does just work so brilliantly because it is that kind of uh, tone shift while still keep 
in keeping with the overall sound of the album. Yeah, funnily enough, like Like You Better was like my least liked song, I think. Um, I enjoyed the folky acoustic guitar at the start, but the, the verse in general was just like, I was a bit just like, okay, that's fine on it. Um, the chorus is catchy, um, but doesn't stand out. And also when it, when it does like, um, when it comes back down towards the end, there's just some additions of things, which I was just thought was a bit odd, like, um, the organ that comes in and some other instruments to come in. It's just like very briefly, which just don't feel right in the context. Um, but if we do go on to Three Summers, I really enjoy that one. Um, yeah, I think I think it was so refreshing to me because it a lot of closers that we've heard before are not necessarily bad, but just not very um, inviting or intriguing um, as a last final track. But I thought this one was, and I think the singing really did it for me. Um, especially when he's singing slash screaming, stay young until you die. It, especially after that whole album, it had so much impact behind it, had so much meaning behind it, especially when he sings it over and over again. And there's more to the context later on. Um, but yeah, it's that line that you can really feel it kind of singing from his heart, uh, but it also has that impact on yourself. Um, I just thought it was a, like I've mentioned earlier, it's a great closer, great, great mood to end on, especially after the kind of negativity that we've had throughout the album. Yeah, I really like that one lyrically because it, it kind of sets up his kind of conflict, I guess, like his kind of deeper conflict of he kind of sings about how he he wants all of the things that he's got of kind of being happy he talks about wanting the warmest breeze to blow wanting the universe to glow for you but then he's also saying things like he he like can't keep his head straight and uh i mean the opening lines of the track are don't kid yourself don't tell yourself that you're not evil like clear he's like fighting like the kind of urge to self-destruct and i feel like that it's for me on quite a deep level like relatable and also it it works so well with the stuff previously where a lot of the themes are kind of talking about that his kind of recent life like on heel mode he's kind of singing about how it's like the rain in california and towards the end of the song he sings about just kind of staying inside with his partner and just kind of watching it and he there's one line that I, I really liked that where he sings about um wondering if the local coyotes found somewhere to hide from the rain it's just like kind of quaint moments of like what his life's like now and also on the track life admin he's kind of playing out all of his recent disappointments which <laughs> all of them seem pretty inconsequential and half of them aren't that recent and it's like kind of talking about how you know he he's kind of made his whole career 
well, obviously Polly's done other stuff, but his his kind of musical output has largely been music that's kind of talking about difficulties and problems and how kind of the world is terrible and like hard to get through and what happens if people find out that actually he's living quite a cozy life and there's i can't remember what song it's on but he mentions like oh i could go out to the desert if i wanted to and just just peace out i've got enough money i could do it (laughs) it's like what does that mean for me as a punk artist i really liked that those kinds of ideas and then this song right at the end of three summers kind of brings it all together and and really puts it all out there of he does actually have this deep discomfort and kind of conflict about having this life that actually he really wants but deep down he feels like he's gonna ruin it or something's gonna go wrong uh yeah like you james i think it wraps things up really nicely i think doubt is a great song that also encompasses all those feelings there obviously um i think one of the main couple of lines um that i picked from that talks about um the sun that goes down on you and you didn't get any um, done anything you wanted um to it'd be one thing if it's once or twice but it's every night your entire life and i'm sure he's thinking about himself or maybe someone close to him but I think everyone can kind of relate to that, like the sun sets and you don't feel like you've done anything in the day and that can easily kind of spiral into feeling that you haven't done anything in the week, in the month or in the year. Um, but yeah, that song really <laughs> feels like doubt and feels like doubt that I can relate to myself. Um, Sonically is quite an interesting one as well. Um, you get this sort of karma-picked um, root and third on the guitar, um, and it felt quite intriguing. And you feel like there's going to be a bit more to the song, not because it feels like that adds itself, but you just know that that's kind of his style to build up or have a bit of a louder moment. And it does get louder uh, with when the lyrics comes in. And the drum beats gets really wild for a moment. Um, and that's just super cool. And I really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, it's mainly those lyrics that felt really intense. Um, really made you question yourself almost. And I think in Future is Dumb as well. Um, it talks about becoming numb and losing dreams. And just about getting to the end of the years and just about dealing or just about managing to get through the year and saying, oh, year's over. Oh, no, we have to do this all over again. And I kind of linked in with what he was saying earlier about yeah, not having done every day and then talking about the years here. I was going to say, I liked with doubt and then straight into future is done you get this kind of contrast sonically where doubt is a kind of much slower tempo which i also enjoyed with the lyric slow motion breakdown i was like oh it's kind of mimicking that actually things feel like maybe they are happening in slow motion you've still got that kind of despairing lyrics 
that we've heard and you you then hear later on as well but they've been kind of slowed down and then in future is done these things are kind of picked up on again um it's got the lyric uh the weight of the world makes me feel like the future is gone and those kind of things where that's kind of mirrored on a lot of the tracks of the album it's it's this kind of like weight and there's a lot on like the state of the world whether that be like the natural state of it with everything is on fire and things like that or the state of it in terms of humanity and there's references to kind of burning a police car in other tracks and things like that um but in future is dumb i really like the lyric the world doesn't owe you i thought that really kind of sums it up like across the whole album there's this kind of intense anger um with kind of everything <laughs> whether that be like the world on a bigger scale or like you were talking about will life argument where it's kind of feels like much smaller complaints um you get that kind of spectrum but in future is dumb there's this reminder that the world doesn't owe you it's all of these frustrations are entirely rooted in humanity and particularly within the individual self um and i kind of liked having that little reminder kind of partway through the album um particularly as like a lot of it is kind of like vocally you get a lot of these kind of group vocals you get a lot of these screaming and yelling and there's this kind of like the reminder that yeah well the world doesn't owe you anything it's kind of just like for me it felt more and more like they were just kind of screaming into the void um which you know it's not like a fun image but I liked it as a kind of like conceptual thing where <laughs> I was like oh that really works <laughs> with what they're trying to do on the album um so yeah I really I really enjoyed that to go back a bit to the sound of doubt like James you were talking about I really like how it's got kind of these multiple parts and one of the things I picked out from this record that I think sets it apart from his previous work is there are these quite small but like different and new like elements that he adds in in different places so like on on doubt he has like some really nice kind of atmospheric reverby guitars that he adds in he kind of tried that out on new dream on no dream but here i feel like he he's really kind of blending it into everything else and he does that in a few other places on the album as well and on the album opener will you still you uh you kind of get the whole opening section and then it goes into this very kind of quick guitar melody which has it has a bit of a mathy feel to it but it's more just like a sped up kind of punk solo type thing um and i really like that because it didn't really sound like what i've heard from him in the past yeah the sound impressed me rhythmically like i mentioned earlier in future is dumb actually um where we get the guitar has a delay on it but it's kind of programmed to be the offbeat um when it delays and that was super cool and then the drums, the rolls and the fills in there were really, really quite marvellous, <laughs> I would say. Um, and that kind of just built on, like, it. You could, I think you could say a lot of these albums are like, oh, it's just power chords. But no, that there's a lot other things behind that and in front of that. Um, yeah, for that first track. Yeah, I enjoyed that how the bass was doing that kind of like continuous picking and then you have those shimmery guitar strings 
Um, and then that beat in the second verse, uh, it felt very punk rock, but you still had, you still kept that kind of shimmeriness um, that you already had earlier. So it, it kind of had two things to it. Um, and they worked well, really, really well together. And when things build up, it's, it just, it goes wild. And this is kind of why I loved the album, really. Just when it was wild, it was, it was crazy. And the guitars get more fuzzy. The drums get heavier. Um, the lyrics get more dynamic. And you hear more range from him. And then you get the harmonies. And you just get a lot of these layers, which just kind of collapse on themselves. And it just adds to the... As to the fun of this fun kind of punk song. Right, let's wrap up our review by ranking the album. As always, the current album rankings can be found down in the description. Where would we like to put Hell Mode by Jeff Rosenstock? I'm actually quite confident on this one. I put it in at number six between Strange Ranger and Wednesday. Yeah, this is a higher one for me as well. I'm... I knew it was going to be high for me. I didn't know how high, but um, I can't say I didn't prefer it less than Jesse Ware. <laughs> That's <laughs> so it's a really three. confusing sentence. <laughs> <laughs> that was a complicated way you could have said Triple that. Negative, <laughs> quad negative. <laughs> I preferred it more than Jesse Ware, which is at number four currently. And then Beyond Young Fathers, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, you know what? I would put it beyond Young Fathers. I would put it at number three, but not beyond White Reaper. I'm going much... I say much lower. It's not that much lower. <laughs> I would put it below Fiddlehead at number 10. Well, that means that Jeff Rosenstock's Hell Mode goes in at number six. Right, <laughs> let's get on to upcoming releases what's coming out this week that you need to know about first up mitski is releasing a new album it's called the land is inhospitable and so are we i've never really gotten into mitski um but lots of people like her stuff so um and and it's not like i think her her music's bad i've just never jived with it next up nation of language are releasing a new album called strange disciple um, they've done what I'd say call like pretty bog standard like post punky synth pop stuff for their first few albums, and this one seems like they're going in weird directions, which I really like. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. Next up, Vagabond is releasing a new album called "Sorry I Haven't Called," which seems like she's going in a much more pop direction. Also, I've noticed that her album, Infinite Worlds, which I love, is missing from streaming services, and I'm not sure why. So if anyone knows where that is, let me know. Uh, next up, and I'm only mentioning it because it's the worst album title of the year, Camel Fat are releasing their new album. It's called Spiritual Milk. I hate that. Yeah, it's terrible. And finally, Delma Darian, who are who are a, an electronic music duo, are releasing a new album called Tall Vision of the Voyage. I saw these guys at like a music showcase back in Exeter, um, and their music's quite interesting. It's quite kind of choppy and glitchy, but it's not particularly heavy as well. Um, 
But yeah, I haven't heard anything from this one, so I'd be interested to hear it. That's it for upcoming releases, and that's it for the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you, James and Elle, for joining me. Thanks. Thank you. If you like the show, you should subscribe on your podcast service of choice. New episodes come out every Monday, and if you're likely to forget, you can turn on notifications in your podcast app. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at amutamastered at gmail.com. I can now announce that the album for next week is Everything is Alive by Slow Dive.